Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois And by EasternChristianMedia.com A broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's EasternChristianMedia.com Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And once again, happy to be here with Katie Goulas. Katie, welcome again to Light of the East. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever, Father Tom. Today is a day of letters, so to speak. One letter in particular. We're going to sort of pause a little bit, in a sense, here on Light of the East to address something in concert with the rest of the whole Catholic Church. And actually, for all churches in America. And we'll get to that in a moment. But as I mentioned, this is a day of letters. And so I want to acknowledge letters we've gotten from some of you listeners, especially many of you from California. As always, Sonia. Sonia from Arinda, California. I want to say hello to you. And also, Joby, we thank you for your letter from Los Angeles. And also a couple of new people, new listeners who have written to us. Carlos and also, Carlos is out in Abanal, California. Also, Nicholas from, let's see if I can pronounce it correctly, Tehachapi, California. <laughs> Tehachapi, California. Nicholas. Nicholas and Carlos, both of you wrote to me, and you asked for some information about the Eastern Churches, and we're going to be getting that to you. We'll be getting back to you uh, by letter, email, and so on. But we do want to say hello to you, and thank you for your letters, your kind remarks, and also your requests for more information, your interest in the Eastern Churches and the Eastern Lung of the Church. That's our part of our whole goal here, is to inspire interest and appreciation for the Eastern Lung of the Church, as John Paul II said in his document, Orientabi Lumen, which is where we get the name of this program, Light of the East. That's the English version of Orientali Lumen. But now on to another letter, a letter of a very, very serious nature, a letter that I read proudly, gladly, because it was sent to me by my bishop, Bishop John Kudrick of the Eparchy of Parma. And again, the Eastern Churches, our dioceses are called eparchies because it kind of refers more to a territory. In the Eastern Churches, since we are thinner, more spread out, we tend to have large territories. And so the word is eparchy rather than diocese in the Eastern Churches. So my eparchy is called the Eparchy of Parma, which is actually a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, and that actually covers 12 states. It covers the entire Midwest. So this is a Midwest eparchy or diocese. And the bishop is Bishop John Kudrick. And he sent this letter to all of us pastors and 
ask that we read it at our parishes, which I did, and I will read it to you. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services announced last week that almost all employers, including Catholic employers, will be forced to include in their employees' health insurance plans sterilization, abortion-inducing drugs, and contraception, as if pregnancy were a disease. In so ruling, the administration has cast aside the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States, denying to Catholics our nation's first and most fundamental freedom, that of religious liberty. We cannot, we will not, comply with this unjust law. In generations past, the Church has always been able to count on the faithful to stand up and protect her sacred rights and duties. I hope and trust she can count on this generation of Catholics to do the same. Our children and grandchildren deserve nothing less. Therefore, I ask of you two things. First, we must commit ourselves to prayer and fasting that wisdom and justice may prevail and religious liberty may be restored. Secondly, I recommend visiting the website usccb.org conscience to learn more about this severe assault on religious liberty and how to contact Congress in support of legislation that will reverse the administration's decision. Signed, Bishop John. First of all, I have to say that I'm very proud of my bishop and all the Catholic bishops who are stepping up in this very, very pivotal moment in the history of our nation, the history of our church. Here we are, the church, east and west. At the point of the sword, as it were, much will rise and fall on us, much will rise and fall on behalf of others, of many others, which is why Catholics are receiving a lot of support right now from other faiths. This is a First Amendment rights issue, which will affect everyone and all religions. And this will only get more and more severe as an assault if it goes unanswered. Now, as an Eastern Christian, I want to let all of you know that we know something about an assault on religious liberty. My very church, the Ruthenian Byzantine Catholic Church, has only recently come out of the oppression of Soviet communism. Our church came from the area of Central Europe. Our church was illegally and viciously liquidated and oppressed and suppressed. People killed, people tortured, people having all their belongings, their homes, everything taken away from them, families broken up, priests sent off to prisons, ripped from their families because, we, of course, have married clergy in the Byzantine church, especially in our countries of origin, such as in Central Europe. All kinds of heinous things. In fact, you can read about this in a great book called Finding the Hidden Church, Finding the Hidden Church by Father Christopher Zuger. highly recommend that book if you want to know more about this situation. We've only recently come out of that, but not only in Central Europe, today, as you're listening to this program, there's persecution among Eastern Catholics, especially in the areas of the Middle East, such as Iraq and Egypt. We know persecution, and we know the transgression of government transgressing over religious freedom. We know this well, Eastern churches, so this issue strikes very close to our heart, and we do want to be part of making a difference. And this is why we call all of you, as my bishop did, first and foremost to prayer and fasting. We're going to have a wonderful opportunity for that because providentially, we're entering the season of fasting and prayer and penance. Like the people of Nineveh, we're going to do penance for our sins, of the sins of the country, of the world, the nation and try to pray for wisdom and a change of heart. 
And secondly, we have to also be moved to action, as the gospel tells us for this particular Sunday in the Eastern Churches, the Sunday of Meat Fair, in which the gospel warns us that unless we take action to help people, in other words, to practice, to live charity, our prayer then becomes empty. So it is a matter of prayer and action. And we in the Eastern Lung of the Church seek to be front and center. We seek to help make a difference in defending religious liberty, the transgression of which we know all too well in the Eastern Lung of the Church. Those are just some of my thoughts you've heard from my bishop, proud to say. And Katie, you're here as well. You have some thoughts on this as well. Yeah, Father Tom, you know, like you were saying, our ancestors have been through this. And I think one of the saddest things is that they left Eastern Europe, you know, during times of persecution when it wasn't easy to leave their homeland. And they said, let's go to America so that our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids don't have to go through what we went through. And now it's starting again. Yes, you know? it's hard to believe. Yes, I imagine it's hard mm-hmm. to believe for, especially though, as you're speaking about these, the elderly generation that were the ones that came here or their, it was their, their own parents had come here. To think that they would be going out of this earthly life at their, at their age now, seeing this kind of thing being revisited again, I think is, is tragic for them, must be heartbreaking for them. And who knows where this will lead, you know, how this will develop, unless we step up now through prayer and action. There's an interesting perspective that we came across. That's right, Father Tom. You found a blog from Diane M. Korzanowski. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right because it's a great <laughs> article. And she is a secular Carmelite. And the title of the article says, Vegetarian Shop Owners and the Catholic Bishops Beef with Obama. This is what it says. Shock. Utter shock. The Obama administration has mandated that all food stores in the United States selling refrigerated goods must sell beef. There is an exemption for vegetarians who only employ and sell their goods to vegetarians and for vegans who only employ and sell their goods to vegans. But what are the vegetarian and vegan store business owners to do? How long will it take these businesses to go bankrupt if the owners refuse to violate their conscience by carrying beef in their stores? How many people from the area, meat eaters included, frequent and buy some of the excellent products sold at vegetarian vegan owned shops are people forced to shop and work at these places or or is it a choice if the food shop owner happens to be a jane then the mandate would not only be expecting him to violate his conscience but also would be an assault on his religious liberty get it get it (laughs) okay so it's a satire an example of what you might find in a place like the onion Well, that has some similarities to what the Obama administration wants to do to Catholic institutions with the HHS mandate. But it doesn't just force Catholics and other people of faith with similar convictions to violate their conscience. It's a violation of religious liberty. What about the Catholic business owners and the other people of faith who don't want to violate their conscience over the HHS mandate? People are not forced to purchase products or services or to work for any particular business. Why should those business owners be forced to offer something that is contrary to their religious beliefs? And then she goes on to quote some of the Catholic bishops. We're going to hear from those courageous bishops when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya here with Katie Goulis on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. 
In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Pope John Paul II once said, Humanity, its dignity, and its balance, at every moment and on every place on earth, will depend upon who he is for her and who she is for him. I am Father Thomas Loya with a Theology of the Body moment for the Tabor Life Institute. Why are we a man? Why are we a woman? Unless we know the why, we do not know the how to be man or a woman, and therefore we do not know how to really be for each other. The why behind being a man or woman is told in the theology of our gendered bodies. Our bodies speak a language. Gender reveals God. Through gender, we can actually participate in the way that God loves us. We can love as God loves. Human sexuality is an icon of the very interior life of the Holy Trinity. To find out more about the theology of the body, visit TaborLife.org. TaborLife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You're listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. I'm here with Katie Goulis. And we're focusing today, as is the whole church, East and West, and even people beyond the Catholic and Orthodox churches, we're focusing on this pivotal moment in our history, the history of church, the history of our nation, the history of our civilization and society. This mandate by the current administration of the United States of America that even religious institutions, such as Catholic churches, such as Catholic hospitals and schools and so on, will have to provide free contraception, sterilization, and abortion-causing drugs in their health care programs for their employees. Now, forcing our church, any religious institution, to do something against its conscience is bad enough, and even the particular issues that are involved, contraception and abortion and so on. But it's also, as we're saying here, a question of religious liberty, the encroachment of one of the most actually the most cherished freedoms of our nation. In fact, if there was anything that our nation was founded on, it was this one freedom above all freedoms. Let's face it, the pilgrims and those early settlers that came here, a lot of them were fleeing persecution for their religious beliefs that was happening in their homeland back in Europe. So America literally was founded on freedom of religion. 
of religious liberty. And that has been coached upon in a most unbelievable way. In fact, the American bishops have stepped up, as you heard a letter from my own bishop, proud to say, but also other Catholic bishops, Katie, have also weighed in on this and have made some very strong comments as well. That's right. The USCCB president, Archbishop Timothy Dolan, said in the Wall Street Journal, forcing religious ministries and citizens to pay directly for actions that violate their teaching is an unprecedented incursion into freedom of conscience. Organizations fear that this unjust rule will force them to take one horn or the other of an unacceptable dilemma. Stop serving people of all faiths in their ministries so they will fall under the narrow exemption or stop providing health care coverage to their own employees. Bishop Daniel Jenke of the Diocese of Peoria said, I am honestly horrified that the nation I have always loved has come to this hateful and radical step in religious intolerance. And until the grave issues are favorably resolved, he asked all Sunday Masses in the diocese to include the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel for the freedom of the Catholic Church in America. And Bishop Farrell from the Diocese of Dallas and Bishop Van from the Diocese of Fort Worth co-authored a guest column in the Star-Telegram, which said, The First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution states, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. But in recent days, the latest salvo in the attack on religious freedom was fired by the Obama administration and, sadly, by Secretary of Health and Human Services Kathleen Sebelius. See, Katie, that reference to the Constitution is very salient, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because when we, as we peruse and study the Constitution, we, <laughs> we don't really find this separation of church and state in the way we understand it today. Because what's happening is separation of church and state means the state can overreach its bounds into the church whenever it pleases. Mm-hmm. But the church needs to just sort of stay off to the side and be quiet. That's right. And, you know, I was reading through the Constitution, especially the First Amendment, and I couldn't find, hard as I tried, couldn't find the little part where it said freedom of religion except for Catholics. I tried. I mean, I really tried for these guys to, to find it, and I couldn't. Yeah, we would think they would have justified such a bold move in mm-hmm. some way, but there is no justification. Now, I just want to make it very clear to our listeners that in reporting this and giving perspective, as we must do, we have a moral obligation to do, especially Eastern churches. We are in no way talking about who to vote for, who not to vote for, as we have elections coming up. We are in no way favoring or disfavoring any political party or even the president himself. We're simply stating the facts and giving perspective, as we are under moral obligation to do for the sake of faith, the gospel, of civilization. This is our chance to really help civilization, not just ourselves, but there are many people cheering us on, Katie, even outside the Catholic Church, because this is going to happen to them. It's going to affect them. It's going to mm-hmm. affect everybody. Little by little, the encroachment. We have history as an example. Totalitarian regimes and other civilizations that underwent persecution and, and even eventually crumbled. We see what happened and we see the pattern. You know, And if it wasn't stopped, it wasn't nipped in the bud at a certain point, it became unbridled and ended up with, with disaster. So this is our time to step up. And as I mentioned, providentially, this is all happening at a time when The church, East and West, is entering into the time where we go to our knees. In fact, in the Eastern church, we go not only to our knees, but all the way to the floor, don't we? Mm -hmm. (laughs) With our famous prostrations, our entire body thrown to the floor in repentance, begging mercy from God, and in deep, heartfelt prayer. This Sunday in the Byzantine Catholic Church and many Eastern churches in the liturgical calendar is called the Sunday of Meat Fair. 
In other words, it's our Mardi Gras. This is the last time we eat meat because we begin to abstain from it this week. Next week, we will abstain from dairy products so that we move gradually then, sort of in stages, into the Great Fast. That's what we call Lent in the Eastern churches, the Great Fast, the springtime of repentance, the bright sadness. Yes, we use the term Lent, but we actually call it Great Lent. The reason we call it Great Lent is because in the Eastern churches, we have, in a sense, several Lents. In other words, several periods of purification and penance and prayer and fasting. It's our normal way to prepare for any great feast day. But the greatest one is this that the world knows as, more commonly, as just Lent. We call it Great Lent in the Eastern churches or the bright sadness, the springtime, the flowering of repentance. Now, we move into this period of the meat fair with a sense only of repentance, but also of fasting and abstaining, but increased prayer, increased works of charity. And I just think it's marvelous, Katie, maybe it is God's providence that all this has happened, and as the bishops are calling us to prayer and fasting, and this has happened as we enter into that period of fasting. It's almost like there's a clash between evil and good, and God sort of almost like he, he stayed the hand of evil, allowed it to happen now, because it is to be an evil. We're not saying any person is evil, just saying this event is evil. He sort of stayed his hand, allowed it to happen as his children, his faithful children, his church, moves into together the period of fasting, prayer, and penance. We go to confession, we take stock, because when a whole church is doing that, and I suspect more and more will do it now, as, they, as they've been called to, as more and more do that together, there is great power in that. And that's how we're going to fight this. Our greatest weapon is going to be, obviously, the spiritual weapons of prayer, fasting, and repentance. And do that corporately, in a, in a large corporate manner, I think is going to be very, very powerful. As well as stepping up and doing our part with action, as the gospel says. In fact, once again, we'll give that website to you that our bishops are asking us to go to. It's the USCCB dot org slash conscience usccb.org slash conscience this will help you to find out what you can do in terms of action as always we pray in the eastern churches what we believe and during this sunday of the meat fair sunday as we prepare to enter into lent the great lent we pray this when you shall come to render just judgment o righteous judge you shall sit upon the throne of glory a river of fire shall flow before your judgment seat. The powers of heaven will be there with you. Filled with fear, all humanity will be judged according to their deeds. At this hour, O Christ, spare us. And because of your great love, grant that the faithful who pray to you may be given a place with your chosen ones. Alas, O my darkened soul, how long will you persist in sin? How long will you lie in laziness? Why do you not think of the dreadful hour of death? Do you not fear the awesome judgment seat of the Savior? How will you defend yourself? How will you be vindicated? Your works are there to convict you, and your actions witness against you. Moreover, time is growing short, O my soul. Hasten and cry out in faith. I have sinned, O Lord, I have sinned. But I know your love and your mercy. O good shepherd, in your goodness, do not deprive me of a place at your right hand. These words are powerful, and they are frightening, and that's okay. We need a little bit of that. In fact, we need a lot of that today, but we don't leave it just with fright. We call this period of Lent that we're moving into in the Eastern churches the bright sadness. We have a sadness because we have a very honest, growing awareness of our sinfulness, our need for repentance, for crying out for God's mercy. And as we do that, 
we grow closer to God and we gain and enliven the graces within us to step up and to be that Christ person that we are called to be and that our world, and especially our country, needs us to be, especially at this time. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya here with Katie Goulis on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Would you like to hear this Light of the East program again? Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya. Or hear Father Loya's companion program, A Body of Truth. Just visit the radio page at ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Or hear it again. Hear it again. For the first time. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois 60491. That's Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the light of the east, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. <laughs>